0: welcome to episode 8 of Late Night Linux, recorded on the 5th of April 2017. I'm Joe, and with me are Ikey, Hiya. And Jesse. Morning all. (laughs) Don't start with that again. Um, So we've got no failing because he's busy um, dealing with his mother-in-law, apparently. We wish him all the best. Indeed we do. Now, why are we back so soon? I think it's pretty obvious. This is a special episode with one news story to talk about probably in depth. And that is Ubuntu. Today, on the insights.ubuntu blog, which is no longer loading, (laughs) because of uh, the magnitude of this, Mark Shuttleworth announced the end of Unity 8. And basically, the fact that they are abandoning Unity, they're abandoning Ubuntu phone, they are moving to Gnome for Ubuntu 18.04. And they're going to focus their efforts on the cloud and IoT and all those kind of buzzwords. This is a proper bombshell. Um, And Ike, you're going to take full advantage of this, aren't you? I plead the (laughs) (laughs) thief.
1: I mean, it's going to happen just out of the fact that All the people who are currently using Unity are going to have to look for another desktop environment. And obviously, there's official flavors of Filmium when I get it wrong. GNOME, uh, Solus, pardon me, Budgie. (coughs) Budgie. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, KDE, or is that just Neon? No, there's still Kubuntu. Okay, I assume there's XFCE. Yes, that's what I'm using. Zubuntu. Lubuntu. Yeah. And. um, That's it. I've run out. Okay,
0: <laughs> Ubuntu Mate, of course.
1: So, so people are gonna f- are gonna have to move to one of those, and so you know they're they're all gonna see an upsurge in in users, surely. Well, not necessarily. I mean, the the biggest question, the first question, is what happens
0: to Ubuntu Gnome? Because if Ubuntu proper is moving to it, then surely that project is totally redundant.
1: Yeah, I see your point there. Maybe they just take the the contributors and um, they become. More privileged, more you know, more blessed because they're part of the the main desktop
2: environment that they're focusing on. So the two projects would converge almost. <laughs> oh. <laughs> They'll finally
1: get convergence! Yay! <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's the thing that you didn't mention in that intro was the fact that because Unity is no more and the phone is no more, the whole concept of convergence uh, has gone. And it's slightly ironic that on the last show we were talking about the uh, the move by Samsung uh, and some other you know big names in the industry, Microsoft for example, have got their own little convergence jobby. And we were sort of talking about how would it be big enough that it became a real thing. But in this announcement, uh, Mark Shuffleworth saying that in the community the efforts are seen as fragmentation, not innovation, and the industry, which is you know the other area that he's he's trying to get people interested in it, hasn't rallied behind the idea, and they've just stuck with. The known platforms like Microsoft and um, sorry Windows and things like this, and so given that neither of those groups were behind uh, behind Canonical in their choice to go for convergence, they've had to accept that no one's backing them, so it's it's clearly not the right horse.
0: Is it just a case of because Samsung announced
2: this, they realised there's no way we can compete? Not not so sure really, because I mean, you know, Samsung had Tizen. You know, and they were still competing in the mobile space. So I don't, I wouldn't say they were related. I mean, obviously you, you can not ignore the timing, um, but they don't yeah. feel related. I mean, a lot of the companies they're they're chasing where the market is at, and we know it's not in desktop Linux. Whatever way you want to dress it up, it's not in desktop Linux, and they've gone for the most obvious candidates, which is cloud and IoT, because at the moment that's where the money is. And a company still needs to make money. So, you know, do you have a financial black hole or do you ensure that your company profits and that the user base you have are served?
0: Remind me uh, what your distro
2: is all about, (laughs) Mikey. I actually
0: said on the last episode it's about home computing, isn't it? Not necessarily the desktop.
2: Yeah. And at the end of the day, I'm not looking to make any money out of it. But I mean, if you was to say that I had any form of a business model, I don't, <laughs> basically. So, you know, the the ramifications for me would be different than an actual company, where it's their bread and butter.
1: Yeah, your, your business model is looking to uphold yourself and a, and a couple of contributors rather than an entire company's worth of people who are doing all sorts of different things. And Ubuntu obviously have to have R&D departments and things to try and work out. Is this the area you want to go to? And if it becomes a big enough or interesting enough thing, they go with it like they did with the phone. And they've had to then pump hundreds, thousands of hours into all of the code, all of the effort, all the time they spent talking to third parties um, to make the phones and hardware vendors and things like this i'm not saying it's wasted but it doesn't feel like it's it's, it's got them very far it, it i fear given that this you know these major items on the canonical landscape have now been been closed behind the door and they also said goodbye to um ubuntu one um what six months ago wait longer than that ago yeah a
0: lot longer yeah they sort of Pulling a bit of a Google, aren't they?
1: That's exactly where I was going. Yeah, it just it just feels there's more and more things that they're unable to to follow through to the end, and it, it feels quite googly. You do have to feel
0: for. I mean, th- there's no way that they're going to continue to employ all the people they're employing. Surely, I mean, there, there are Unity developers who don't have a job anymore.
2: I mean, you've got to feel sorry for them, really, because there are some great guys out there who have been working on Unity. And, I mean, we're an open source. It doesn't matter, really, if you don't use Unity yourself. You know, there's thousands upon thousands of people who are using it, who are supporting it, and fantastic contributors that were then employed by Canonical to work on this stuff. So, yeah, you certainly do feel for those guys. And all the people that paid money for
1: hardware. You know, there's people that have not only paid money and have one or two phones that they were hoping would become their future devices, but also those that have put time into the software and the apps and the ecosystem and making their apps uh, converge between the desktop and the phone and the tab and everything. There's there's a lot of time, not just by people who are being paid and have therefore you know been paying the mortgage and everything, but those who have done it on their own backs. And it's got to be a bit of a, a slap in the face for those guys as well.
2: Yeah, it's kind of like... It, with things like that, you gotta look at them really like a, like you would at Indiegogo. You know, you're backing a potential platform, not something that is established. And I don't think it's really gonna come as a surprise to them on, on the phone side. Um, but yeah, you know, it's money for them thrown down the drain because I'm assuming now that the code base wouldn't be maintained after that, that there wouldn't be any more OTA updates, perhaps a final I don't know. Nothing's been said on that. But, They've said that they're not invested in Unity 8, you know, the the phones or any of that anymore. So that's a whole slew of technology that's just going to stop overnight, including the mirror display server, or mirror or however you're supposed to pronounce yeah, it. Yeah, mirror, MIR.
0: Yeah, that's a, do we know whether they're going to, I mean, they must be going to Wayland, surely?
2: Yeah, I mean, they're going to have to, because the whole idea of mirror, <laughs> say it right this time. <laughs> Was that they had this same display server and had it on the phone and they had it on the desktop. Obviously, it's got a lot more bells and whistles, and I'm giving a gross oversimplification of it. But now that they're not doing Unity 8 and they're not doing phones, there is no reason now for that to exist. So, you know, it's going to be Gnome, Shell, and Wayland now. From a technical
1: point of view, is it going to be that easy to strip out Mir and, and swap over to Wayland? Is it all just on the sort of uh, the front end when it comes to the desktop environment or everything, or is it more embedded? Deep, you know, is it embedded more deeply than that?
2: Not really, because if you play with any of the other images, you can actually use Mir already, and you've already got X installed, so you can switch between Unity Seven, and Unity Eight. You can already do this with the development stuff. Um, so from a packaging perspective it's basically you know just dropping the dependencies again gross oversimplifications but it's not really going to cause any problems there but going forward the toolkits will likely drop the support because gtk etc have that built-in mirror support Um, but then again that's just package updates it wouldn't be used anyway so it would just vanish into the twilight as it were
0: but wasn't unity moving towards cute and now if they're going to go with GNOME, then obviously they're going back to GTK. So that's
2: like loads more wasted effort there. Yep. And I mean, the only one who's really doing well out of all of this is GNOME. Mm. Because for a long time, you know, GNOME was very much on the map because every release of Ubuntu that came out was GNOME. And if you these these so-called glory years, you know, like Ubuntu 10.10 and 1004, some people to this day, consider those the best ever Ubuntu releases. Obviously, it's down to each person's opinion. But you find a lot of people that used to love those releases went over to Mate because they they can re reclaim some of that charm again. And at the time, you know, it, it was very, very popular. And I would say it was quite damaging for Gnome when that relationship ended because, you know, it's like we, we have our own stuff now. We're using Q, you know, we're going with this displace, blah, 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 basically no Gnome. So they've actually sent out a tweet as well so say, welcome, welcoming them back to the fold.
0: <laughs> I mean, that was a surprise to me that instead of um, Gnome, why didn't they go with Mate? I mean, they've got Martin working for him now, Winpress, the, the developer of Ubuntu Mate. Why didn't they just make that desktop official and swallow Ubuntu Mate into the Ubuntu
1: project? I don't think it's flashy enough, is it? I mean, if you're downloading the flagship version of Linux, then it it needs to be, dare I say it, elegant and slick. I'm not saying that Marte isn't, but I think GNOME is more what the modern consumer is expecting to see.
0: Well, it's funny that you you mentioned that because the three of us are not going to be affected by this, um, at least directly at all, are we? I'm sitting here with XFCE, Jesse, you're on Grome, I believe, and Aiki, you fucking made your own. (laughs) (laughs) Just to be awkward. (laughs) So, you know, we're not actually going to be hugely affected by this, are we?
2: Well, we will. Um, Because you're going to see like a a bigger focus now on Gnome, because that's where all the eyes will be looking. And in terms of why didn't they go for Mate, I... I honestly think, and again, I I can't speak for them, but I think it's because GNOME is basically ready already. You know, it it has the Wayland support already, so that could already link in with the isolation stuff if they were still pursuing that. You know, there's been no messaging about that side of things. Um, I mean, I'm assuming Snap is still going to be an important thing because of IoT and cloud. You know, it has relevance there, unlike... Flatpak, which is desktop orientated only, Snap, it's, you know, it works out in the cloud. It works in the servers. So Wayland would already hand in nicely with all that isolation stuff, because again, X11 is inherently insecure. And things like high DPI already working. Um, it's a something that still needs adding to Mate. So if you was to look at the two of them, and say, which one requires more investment to get it to where we need it? it's going to be known. And that's not me insulting, Mate. It's just one of them is technologically further than the other.
1: Yeah, and where they need it is dropping on a new user or someone who is used to Linux's desktop and being able to do all the things they want to do with it. I mean, the, the point about high DPI support is perfect. If you have gone from Unity, which has 50% support and Gnome has 50% support, to go to one that has zero support is is going to be a huge
2: step back it would literally be considered a regression
1: and and they started out with gnome it no one's no one's shocked about gnome if if it was kde there'd be some head scratching and you know that's (laughs) that's interesting sort of thing but with gnome it's like well yeah everyone could kind of have guessed that really
2: in a way it's kind of like going back to
0: the roots yeah even if the roots have moved on hmm
1: but it's funny you point out about IoT there, and and just quoting from uh, from Mark's post there, he says you might also know that most of the IoT work in autos, robotics, networking, and machine learning is also on Ubuntu, with Canonical providing commercial services on many of these initiatives. And so, in that, he's pointing out, you know, the the places where they're making their money. Is, is dealing with these big companies who are moving to IOT. I mean, if you're in autos, you know, the sort of self-driving cars, and also the, the in-car entertainment, that's obviously a huge push, how many cars are sold, robotics, networking. IOT and that sort of area, if they are in there at the start and they're one of the big players, then that's clearly going to be an area of massive growth, whether it affects us or not, which I doubt it will, really, as desktop users. It, is, is neither here nor there. The company has got to be profitable, and that's, that's where the future is, isn't it?
0: Well, the thing is, they tried the desktop and failed. They tried mobile and failed, and now they're trying IoT, and we'll have to see how they get on with it. I mean, they've done very well with um, servers, it seems. Um, so, you know, one out of four so far. But, you know, could it be that they'll throw loads at the IoT stuff and fail at that as
2: well? I wouldn't say they failed at the desktop, actually. I would say they're evolving. Um, I mean, obviously, this one here is, is a direct knock-on effect of where can we make money. And obviously, hiring lots of developers to work on this stuff, for them, it's clearly not profitable. Of course, this wouldn't be happening, right? But in terms of failing, I wouldn't say so, because the, the way that Linux desktop now, we kind of owe that Ubuntu regardless of what the desktop looks for people nowadays if it hadn't been for Ubuntu coming along and investing all of those resources in the beginning and doing some stuff which failed some stuff that succeeded in general it's kind of like you know like um, winning the battle versus winning the war and they've had tremendous success on the desktop and a lot of people owe the fact that they're able to create something which is appealing as a desktop system because it's Linux to Ubuntu, because they're the guys that went around and advertised this stuff. They're the ones who eased it into the public to make it acceptable and desirable and more usable and focused on the bits that mattered to the casual user. So even though they're ending this particular part of their project, I would say they've had the most success with the Linux desktop out of anyone before them. Well, that's
0: definitely true, but success has not translated into profit.
2: Okay, that's the.
0: And <laughs> that's so if you, if you are going to be brutally honest about it, therefore it's not a success. If it's not profitable, it's not a success.
2: Yeah, so from a, sorry, from a fiscal perspective. <laughs> you yeah, know, exactly. It's no.
0: <laughs> so one of the, the big questions I've got is we are very nearly at the 1704 release, right? Which means that if they're going to get chrome, into the next LTS, which is what Shotworth said in this announcement, that means they've got exactly one year to do that. Now, you have talked about, Aiki, how it's almost just drop-in replacement for Unity at this stage. Hmm. But is that really true? I mean, surely there's going to be things for them to iron out, and especially if they're going to move to Wayland, something that they've never used before at all. They've never spent any, at least publicly, it um, resources and and time on Wayland and so how are they suddenly going to be able to do that in a year?
2: Well, I think the main problem that they have is they know that norm works right, but they also have to make sure as now their primary edition it meets their requirements and the unity itself isn't the hardest part to remove it's all of the forked components around it so you have things like uh the Unity Settings Daemon, which is a fork of GNOME Settings Daemon, you have the Unity Control Center again from GNOME Control Center, and then they've got to ask: Do we want to keep these as patches to these things? Do we want to retain these forks? You know, because there might be some Unity-specific functionality that no longer exists in GNOME. The, in terms of a fresh install of a system, that's the easiest thing to achieve for them in terms of bringing you know a great out-of-the-box experience for GNOME Shell. The problem they're going to have is the upgrade path to make sure that going over time all of the wrong bits are removed all of the right bits are added you know and things still work because it's a, it's almost a migration at this point so i wonder i wonder if for the existing ex- editions they'll keep unity in the repos and just keep people on them and then the default package selection instead would be changed so instead of deprecating it from the repos just putting it into maintenance mode so, from that which it has been for years anyway. <laughs> well, I mean, from that perspective, it's a lot easier to achieve. So, by the time they get to the LTS to say this is now the default selection, it's now using Gnome Shell. Technically, that would be far easier to achieve. And to be honest, less disruptive because there are going to be people, even after they've said that Unity is gone, dead, whatever. People are going to get very, very annoyed if all of a sudden it switches over. And I don't think Mark is going to do that because when they first introduced Unity, he has later come to say that they shouldn't have done that, that they shouldn't have forced Switch to Unity in the first place because they got a lot of heat from it. And he's even said in his own blog before, you know, that he understands now and he wouldn't make the same mistake again. So going on that and the past experiences they had from already switching people over to Unity in the first place, I don't think they're going to do anything like a migration path, to be quite honest. I think it's going to be an opt-in and a default for the LTS install. So from the technical perspective, they haven't got to do a migration path anymore. If they go that route, which I think they will, there's no migration involved. There's no settings conversion. There's no deprecations to worry about. You know, It's just the out-of-the-box experience at that point. So within a year, definitely achievable.
1: So the people who do a fresh install will get the choice of gnome you know, or unity and those who are doing a standard you know uh dist upgrade will stick with unity up until the point where their actual uh lts or whatever runs out of um support
2: i mean that would be the easiest way so like it just stays in the repos and it just doesn't go into the new releases i think that'd be the easiest one i wouldn't say that once you get to the lts that the unity one would be an option anymore i mean obviously i can't speak for them that's their own decision but i wouldn't have thought it would have been an option at that point but hang on. So what if you are using sixteen oh four now? If you're a
0: sensible person who is who goes LTS to LTS and who has upgraded potentially from ten or four, even twelve or four, whatever, if you're using sixteen oh four now, come a year's time when eighteen oh four comes out and you are offered the upgrade, what's gonna happen at that point? I mean surely it's gonna have to go to Gnome, like it was, you know, you went from Chrome uh, GNOME two to Unity surely it's going to go Unity to GNOME now.
2: True. Um, And that's going to piss a lot of people off. It's a painful one. I mean, at some stage, it's going to have to be removed from the repos unless the existing community of contributors were to take over that project. But I don't know if that would be something that would even be an option at this point. Um, But I mean, it doesn't need forking, right? It's already up there. If other people from the community wanted to contribute to it, I couldn't really see them saying no because it's already happening.
1: What's the it in this case? You're talking about.
2: Uh, the it, like Unity itself. So it, it might even be that, you know, people just keep contributing to it and it sort of ticks on by. There might not be any need to
0: remove it. Well, they might well be a Unity version of Ubuntu that's a community flavor.
2: That could work, yeah. And then the default option just becomes GNOME Shell. That's probably the easiest way. If there is no deprecations, no removals, because I I imagine people are going to keep contributing to it in anyway, and yeah, change the default, no upgrade path needed. That would be the path of least resistance and least pain. Well, can we talk about community for a second, right? Now, at the moment,
0: the Unity version is supported by Canonical. There's people who they are paying to work on it, right? And then you've got the community flavors like Ubuntu Mate, which is done all in. Wimpress's spare time so he's not paid to work on that at all and similarly same situation with all the other flavors right but surely this is a move towards a future where they're not having to pay anyone to work on the desktop version at all and they can just concentrate all of their money and effort on the cloud and IoT stuff the profitable stuff and it's just going to get abandoned to the community is is what I'm speculating here. And it's what we speculated back on Luddites
2: years ago. No, I mean, they have OEM installs of the of the desktop version of Ubuntu. So they still need a good out-of-the-box experience. I mean, this is a case of downscaling, not dropping. So it w- obviously it's going to be a far smaller team, but the desktop systems are still important to them because at the end of the day, they are getting sales through Dell and the likes of those guys. You know people are selling o e m ubuntu and that is the desktop so somebody at canonical is still gonna be working on it. Somebody is still gonna be doing the patches the updates you know it's not gonna be a huge team like it is now, but it's not gonna be completely dropped out to the community because they still have to, it's still the default experience itself is still part of their brand and you don't wanna crowdsource that
1: yeah exactly so if you if you think about how uh, Ubuntu looks that is the the choice of a group of contributors in the community who make Zubuntu look a lot better than stock xfce certainly but it maybe isn't the view that canonical would have taken had they had that as their desktop uh, default and you know same with lubuntu and things there are ways you'd want to change it the whole uh, 6 month cycle where they bring out a new a new mascot, a new you know name and everything. That all has to be branded and put in. And the people who get their new wallpapers and the colours and everything are the people who are using the blessed desktop environment, in which you know normally that's, that's Unity, and then it switched over to Gnome. They're going to not want to take the Gnome the community edition because that's out of their control. They're going to want to have okay maybe some of those contributors doing some of the background stuff but certainly the thing that the user sees has to be branded by canonical by ubuntu to be the way they want that to be conveyed to the new user or to the to the long t- you know the lts user and everything people who are used to that and they they need to have i think there's going to be a lot of people who need to tweak gnome so that it's not stock it's got a an ubuntu
0: twang to it but hang on, you say you use in a lot of words like they have to do this, they have to do that. They don't have to do anything. They could abandon it to the community, and okay, oh, they're not going to though, are they? Well, they could do. I mean, look at the the Dell stuff, right? How much money are they really making from those Dell desktops? Yeah, you know, desktops, laptops, the Ubuntu desktop. I would say probably enough that it's important. But is it in? See, so you you've got to think about these things in terms of a business. Because that appears to be finally what Shuttleworth is doing here. He's he's decided that he cannot keep pouring money into the black hole that is Ubuntu. Mm. And so it, it's simple maths. If they're getting in X number of dollars from Dell, but they're spending out X plus something on the development of the desktop, then it does not make financial sense. And they will they should abandon it to the community at that point and just cut their losses.
1: What's your link with Dell here? I mean, Dell put on an OEM version of Ubuntu. Yeah, and they get a kickback for it. Yeah, exactly. So it's not requiring Ubuntu to do anything more than produce the standard OEM. They're not making like Dell-specific versions. No, no, uh, but
0: it's but it's requiring them to make a desktop. It's requiring Canonical to pay people to make the desktop when there are people out there who will put GNOME on top of it for free for them. You know, look at Ubuntu GNOME now. Yes that they have to make all the underlying stuff which they would do anyway for their cloud and IoT um but the desktop they could just let co- the community take care of that
1: for them now nah, branding one word yeah, branding yeah,
2: the the experience itself is a brand asset and i mean as as much as they are invested obviously in things like IoT and cloud you know these are the two core areas for them now the developers who are working on those systems, the thousands of, say, even the OpenStack contributors, right? What are they running on their laptops to develop this stuff? They're running Ubuntu. So you're not going to have some crowdsourced, you know, everybody happy, hippie desktop experience. You're going to have something that is tightly controlled and to your specification. Because, again, it, it literally is a brand asset. This is the, the face of ubuntu.
1: Yeah, exactly. You need it to have you need it to be slick and have the look that you want even if it's just down to simple things like the color schemes and the way in which um things pop up and pop down. If if someone puts on spinning cubes as the default in Gnome Community Edition, <laughs> Unity, you know, sorry, um Ubuntu are going to be spitting about the very fact that that's such a stupid thing to have they they need to have and i'm saying they have to and all these sorts of things but i do feel it's important for them as a a company with a brand to have full control and all the fingers and all the pies in order to have it as ike was saying have have it seen the way they wanted to be seen as as a company brand
0: well, maybe, maybe. Well, that remains to be seen. But I'm, I'm not convinced. I'm not convinced that they care enough about that branding issue, to be honest. But the, the it's pure speculation at this point. But can we speculate about a wider issue here, and, and that is the death of the Linux desktop. This, which is inevitably what people are going to be talking about, and the death of the desktop generally. I mean, we've spoken so much about this. We've now got to the point where Android has overtaken Windows as the most popular OS at least by one count. And, you know, anecdotally, I see it everywhere. And, you know, I talked about this on Linux Unplugged last night. I mean, the fact remains that most normal people don't really use laptops or desktops anymore, apart from in the office um, or in the studio, whether you're, you know, art or video or whatever. You know, there are professionals using it, but in terms of consumers laptops are not really a consumer device anymore and so is it any wonder that they have stopped caring so much about it i I, I don't know it just seems to me that okay it's not the death of the linux desktop but it's certainly a sign
2: of the times i don't know what to say to that um (laughs) well as someone who develops a desktop distro yeah i mean i'm not blind to it obviously the desktop is nowhere near as important as it used to be there was a time where you needed a desktop system. This was this was your ticket into the information superhighway
1: as they were so keen <laughs> oh, on calling it,
2: right? Now, right? <laughs> you know that was the way they were spoken about. Nowadays, I mean, you can get on the internet anywhere. You know, you can even do it for your television. That's that's the way it's gone now. I mean, I've got a web browser built into my PlayStation. Don't get me wrong, it's the most insecure browser in the world. But I've got one. I think the desktop's still gonna remain important for a while. I think we got another few years out of it. But yeah, it's declining. But nobody's found the true solution to it yet, which is kind of what I was going on about on the last episode. You know, we're we're experimenting at the moment with converging devices and focusing on the hardware and input methods when at the end of the day it all comes down to information and experience, not the form factor. So over the next few years, I'd like to think that in general and the wider picture wise, we all start to realize that and focus on those bits that actually do matter. And then, yeah, I mean, you want to get to a point where a desktop isn't really a desktop anymore. Solus users are going to murder me for that, but <laughs> you know, where everything is just a thin client. I think that's the point we're going to get to eventually. So the, At that point, it's only the form factor that matters and not the capabilities because it's just another way of interpreting and representing data and information. And that's where I'd like to see us get to as opposed to this is a desktop. It does desktop-like things. This is a phone. It does phone-like things. I think that's kind of the problem at the moment. We're trying to look at the same thing in 15 different ways depending on what we're doing it on as opposed to business information give me access to it so we'll we'll get there in the end but we've got another few years left of the desktop yeah even if it's just me you know hanging out in irc the year 2029 the only guy left on a desktop
1: <laughs> well i mean to answer the question i would look at where canonical are, are now investing because they're like you say they're they're stepping back from the desktop so that they've on their on their blog post they've said they uh Investing in Ubuntu itself, okay, fair enough. Servers and VMs, for example, they're obviously going to be incredibly important as everything moves to cloud. Ubuntu investing in cloud infrastructure products, OpenStack and Kubernetes, Um, cloud operations, Mass, LXD, Juju, Bootstack, and IoT, Snaps and Ubuntu Core. And I think if you look at what those are, those are all ways of interacting with PCs, but in ways that you're not doing it sat at a keyboard and a mouse so iot when it comes to things that are either you know as, as small as the the uh i say thermistor um the thing that does temperature in your house thermostat thermostat that's the one <laughs> and <laughs> too much engineering um and so you know those sorts of things that are iot devices you're they need a computer or they don't need a computer but the world is moving towards having them as computers and they want to be there. And if you can think about the number of things in your house that could have an IoT device in it or people are pushing for that, it's significantly more than you'll ever have PCs in your house. And if they are in that area and they're in the area that they can be in cars and they can be in the the very foundations of of what runs all of the cloud, then the the what people view as windows dominance when it was at its absolute peak like xp years where they had like 90% market share and there were these hundreds of thousands of desktops or laptops the future of having iot devices and servers alone is going to dwarf that uh, number of desktops and installs and so I, I, I see it. I can see why they're going this way because it's it's the way to get the most number of installs, and that has to be a way of you know defining how much you're going to make on the bottom line.
0: So, have we got any positive things to say about this then? Yeah,
1: I'm sure we can we can think of one. So, I mean, I mean, it is the end of the the Unity era, but then even though towards the end of that era people were saying actually it's not so bad i think it's generally going to be seen as a time that ubuntu made a mistake and people didn't like it i know there are loads of people who like unity and got on well with it but generally it's been a a time in which canonical have consistently done something that was forking or different from the community or taking their own path you know look at unity look at mir look at the phone and now they will step back into line. I don't mean that in a sort of you know army way. I mean it into the fold, and their contributions will will contribute towards all of the things that we use outside of outside of Unity. Uh, sorry, outside of Ubuntu. So you know their contributions to GNOME, their contributions to um, Wayland, Wayland, GTK three things like this will be seen uh, in the upstream and and will be appreciated. So I think that's that's a, a real positive takeaway.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of excited about where this is going because to me, it, it kind of feels how it used to be back a few years ago when they used to run NUM, you know, like back around 2010 when that was their main bread and butter for the desktop at the time. And I say everyone's going to benefit from this. Even if you don't use Ubuntu, the fact that it's now going to be their primary platform, NUM users everywhere and not just users of NUM, anything that uses components of it. So even me, funny enough, so I don't use Ubuntu. I don't use GNOME stock. I You have Budgie. But the current version of Budgie would benefit from Ubuntu making their primary platform GNOME because it uses GNOME bits. And they're going to make sure they work well on Ubuntu and have contributions going back upstream again. I mean, that whole relationship is going to be starting up again. And it'd be nice to see where it goes. I'm, I'm optimistic, you know. And as you say, they've recognized the mistake it's time to turn a new leaf. And I think it's in general, it's going to be good. It's not going to be something that's Ubuntu-specific anymore. It's going to be part of a wider Linux experience.
0: Well, yeah, you're definitely right. It's it's going to mean more work on Chrome and more standardization, I think, which is good. I mean, they, they're pushing snaps as the standardized packaging format. And if we standardize on Wayland uh, as a display server, then that's got to be good news, hasn't it?
2: It'd be good from a driver perspective as well because there's always been that worry, like, say, with the NVIDIA drivers and will they support Wayland and will they have to support Mer? Well, for the companies now, they only have to support one thing. Yeah. And they can put all the focus into that one technology. There's no more competition.
0: Yeah, that's true. Right, well, I suppose uh, we've been banging on about this for long enough. Um, we'll probably cover it a bit in the next proper episode. Um, yeah, we'll be back on schedule uh when is that one going to be i don't know 17th 18th of april that's going to be i think um so yeah until then i've been joe gold frankincense and
2: mirror <laughs> <Mia>. <laughs> i've been jesse i'm still ike okay. see you later